Wednesday, the 28th of April. Welcome back to your favourite podcast on Spotify, wherever you listen to. I'm your co-host, EBL Dan. Join me, EBL Benji, EBL James. I don't think we're allowed to say that. Oh, sorry, sorry. EBL Nation, Benji. Yeah. Thank you. I prefer to be by my full name. And you'll notice that I introduced you both at the same time, so you're going to have to compete. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a terrible intro. Anyway, welcome to the BBL Nation podcast. Uh, Almost at the conclusion of the season. We've got a couple of games left to go, but I I believe the table is pretty much set. Uh, we're going to go through some of the games here this weekend, and let's just let's just kick right off with uh, James, your game, which I believe was the Leicester Riders versus the Cheshire Phoenix, and this one was a bit of a stomping. Ninety-seven, sixty-five. Talk us through what happened in this game. Yeah, interesting. I think it was um, it was a real Cheshire game. Like throughout the season, they've they've had good points, but um, they've not really pushed to that next level consistently that this season. Uh, that they've reached at points, but it's uh, I don't know. I, it's a tough opposition, Leicester, and they uh, they really showed their quality. Uh, exciting right from the start. Lots of energy. Guys like Crandall and uh, Will Lee, as well as uh, Karan Ross and McCall, were um, put on the show. That's how I would say it. Um, yeah, it was it was like Cheshire really like their scoring did struggle and. Um, they they only scored fifteen points in the first quarter and they didn't really improve the rest of the game. They never scored over twenty points a quarter, which is a recipe for disaster if we're being real against a team like Leicester. I mean, obviously you've got to put some credit on Leicester's defense, but uh, they didn't really show much adaptability. I've got to say, Ch- Cheshire didn't, which is a shame considering with this far into the season and playoffs are coming up, and you think you know they've got to make a move if they want to push to the uh, to be competing for the championship. They have got themselves locked into that uh, seventh place, so mm-hmm. have guaranteed themselves a playoff spot, but it looks like they'll be going up against the Lions in the first round, which is a tough matchup for sure. Um, speaking of that, was there any sort of shining light for the Chesh, uh, for the Phoenix? Was there anything that they did that impressed you, or was it really just uh, a tough game for them against the Riders? I mean, the real core was um, Mike McCall and Karan Ross driving, Attacking the closeout, uh, maybe taking a quick ISO, and then dumping off to Hayes to uh, score the basketball. That was basically where they got a lot of their buckets. Scoring the basketball. I like that you put yeah. it. The whole well, I, I, you know, I've got to make sure people know what we're talking about here. Yeah, Daniel, some what people. He said Sorry. something about clothes and he said something about ISO. Clothes? Clothes. You say right. Thanks, Dan. I, I came to you because I thought you had a genuine yeah, question. I was no, like, no, Dan's going to say something constructive. Did, I, did you? <laughs> right. I was talking about their clothes. That's what you said there. Some, for some reason, they let him. They let Jalen Hayes on with just jeans and a t-shirt. No kit. What? Why did you well, say? I swear you said clothes. He said close out. Uh. Listen to the words that people are speaking. <laughs> right. So, so not really that impressive for the Phoenix. What about the Riders? Um, what did they particularly do right in this game? Was it more of a case of them just sort of having the better talent or was there anything that they um, excelled at, in your opinion? 
it was a, a consummate performance, I've got to say. Everything, really. They put the clamps on. They kept scoring through the whole, you know, the whole four quarters. And more importantly, their bench was strong compared to the Phoenix, where if you go past McCall, Ross and Hayes, it was a weak performance for the rest of the team, I've got to say. Jimbo Lowe played all right, but... um. It was. It doesn't, uh, make for, it doesn't make for impressive viewing. That was that was a weakness there. That was the weakness there. I think. Oh, that is yeah. three three bench points if you're counting. Three bench that. points in total off. Yeah. NBA and Farrah Gordon, which you would normally who you'd normally count of as, you know, useful players. NBA. But, uh, Brown, he played twelve minutes. He wasn't having like the best of games. I don't know. One for eight. One for eight from the field. It was a tough game, but you know, you know NBA. He uh, he comes back. back. Yeah, yeah. Dan, any anything anything to ask about this game? Um, I think Giants fans will be happy. Well, I mean, they're they're in the playoffs anyway, so it doesn't matter. But and the Giants aren't, so I don't think Giants fans will be happy. <laughs> well, I mean, I know <laughs> Church will still have four wins over the Giants. Well, I just know that, um, you know, whenever Cheshire leaves, it's a happy day for the, the Giants. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough, fair that's, enough, fair enough. Good, that's the kind of mentality Dan. Dan would have. Great analysis. That's the kind of mentality Dan would have. Okay. <laughs> What's that referring to, Jimmy? Just just you, really. You know, I know you quite well. Okay. Other guys maybe don't, but listen, and I'm telling them, that's that's who Dan is. He's a... It's a cynical right. guy. Right, enough, 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 enough of this silly stuff. Enough of this joking around. <laughs> Banner. Banner, I want to I hear who the best players on the Riders were in this game. Um, I want to say Nelson Henry. Although Will Lee had a bit of a dunk fest and Crandall was also his usual self. But Nelson Henry, really strong, getting to the right positions in the paint, rolling to the basket, and most... Most impressively, I think, was his passing game for the post. Not always an assist, but always a, a side decision. He's up there with the... His IQ for a big man is probably the best in the league, I've got to say. I can't think of a big man with the kind of reading of the game he's got in the BBL. Any any shouts for that? I mean, I don't feel like I'm qualified to talk on that topic. I'm not really a... I would uh, say experience. Okay, Dan's going to give us his expert opinion. <laughs> I was going to say Maxwell. Maxwell. What makes you say Maxwell? Because he he has two hundred IQ. Two hundred IQ. Analysis. Member of the Mentor Society. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit. I'm just going. My nominee. Go on, Dan, finally, finish your stupid point, please. And that was just my nominee. So he said, I can't think of anyone with a better yeah, IQ. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. I'm going to say, I think Nelson Henry's, I don't know about the, the real IQ. He probably doesn't beat a 200. No no disrespect to Nelson Henry there. But uh, in terms of basketball IQ, you know, he's up there. Yeah, Leicester, you know, they just kept kept scoring, kept laying it on the whole, the whole game. And Cheshire were a bit lost. The quality really showed through. Even yeah. like towards the end, guys like Connor Washington just went on a tear, just having fun, just having fun out there, just shooting from just deep. Fun. Calling yeah, ISO. So, 
As as people may have seen, this win was the win that granted Leicester the BBL Championship title, as we've probably expected for the past couple of weeks now, having such a strong lead over the competition. Uh, they finished with a record of 24-6. and six. And, Banner, I want to come to you first about this. Do we see an MVP contender amongst this team? Because, you know, having such a good regular season, it would sort of make sense that they would have at least a candidate. Um, but, you know, there is also the fact that this team is, uh, you know, it isn't specifically a star player. Um, I think the closest to that would be sort of Gino Crandall. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely a team that operates more as a unit than maybe some other teams do. Uh, do you think that Gino or maybe one of these other riders players could potentially be in the running for MVP at the season end awards? I would put Gino in the top five, top three maybe. But um, the issue is, you know, in his position at point guard, he's got a lot of competition. And um, yeah. from from guys that like Ramon Fletcher, who um tough to beat any season, but uh, really gone on a tear of late, particularly in scoring. Ramon Fletcher, he's sneakily managed to increase his scoring output to now being the leading scorer in the BBL Championship at 19.2 a game. Wow. That is impressive. Just Fletcher things, isn't it? Quite it's sneaky. Fletcher things. Right, Dan, any thoughts on potential MVP candidates on the Riders team? Well, I've got to go with Mo Walker. Nah, nah, I'm joking. But for real, Nelson Henry. He's really Nelson Henry. Interesting. Yeah. yeah best, best two, 200 IQ, basketball IQ, that is not. I mean, yeah, I think... I'm not making any assumptions about... His actual like you, but I assume it's not. He's been a crucial player, Nelson Henry, but uh, MVP can only go to one guy, and uh, I think he's not—he's not been that that number one person. No. We have to wait and see until the uh, see when the awards come out, and then what, just quickly, who I want to get your pick? Oh, it would be my pick at this stage. At this stage, I think it's a really tough decision. Um. I hear some background noise from you, Banner. Is there anything going on behind you that's a bit loud? I've been held hostage. Some, <laughs> some guy's got a gun to my head. Okay, well, um, it might. I think I think the MVP race is really difficult to choose. I wouldn't want to be the one choosing it. Um, I think there are a number of people that you can put in there. You could probably take a couple from Lions. Then you've got to have Ramon Fletcher in there. Uh, I think Gina's got to be in the running. For me, I would opt for Ramon Fletcher. But that's because I'm a big Ramon Fletcher fan and I also predicted him at the start of the season to be MVP. So that's just my opinion. But um, I really think it could go to a, a number of people and they'd e be equally as uh, deserving as one another. And then I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the um, the first round matchups for these two clubs. We are going to do like a more of a proper uh predictions in next week's episode but for this week i just want to get your guys's initial thoughts uh riders will be taking on the flyers in the first round lions taking on the phoenix can i get, okay. get you guys initial thoughts any sort of upset potential there no lions wait who do you say riders will take on the flyers riders versus um hold on Maybe should have first time I said it. Sorry. I'm... Riders Riders versus Flyers, Lions yeah. versus Phoenix, okay? Nah. I think oh, I think the second game has a bit more upset potential, but I'm uh, 
especially given possibly the fact that lines are slightly more inconsistent than than riders, but I would still put them firmly in the driving seat. Yeah. And, um, I, I completely agree with Jimmy. Just pretend I said that. Great point, Dan. I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet. Point. I'm willing to bet. Something. There'll be no upsets. Okay, next game we're going to talk about was one that I believe Dan you watched back onto your yeah uh, wolf back into your wolves phase after I back on his BS after I implemented that one game one week ban on you watching a wolves game it was more than that be back surely. you're back with the wolves versus the eagles mm. bit of an upset here no wolves no upset ninety okay well wolves win it ninety two to eighty seven and may I just point out quickly. Oh, wait, never mind. I got it wrong. I thought the Bulls would be facing the Eagles in the playoffs, but no. The Bulls have uh, I think I prefer that. Playing against the Rangers. But, Dan, talk us through this one. What happened and how did the Wolves win this one? Okay, so basically, this was a thoroughly satisfying game to watch. Watching the uh, the arrogant Eagles being so. Arrogant Eagles. Yeah, they're very arrogant. I just. Not a big what, fan what of What about them is arrogant? Just the way they dribble the basketball. They just. It seems so nonchalant. You don't dribble it. It's no. the way they dribble the basketball. Real men okay. pick up the basketball and walk. No, real men walk the dog. As I learned. Oh, yeah, okay. walk the dog. Dan's so, yeah, Benji taught me that. Anyway, Mark, Mike Parks Jr., I have to mention, he's injured and he's out for the season and he's going home. So a huge loss for the Wolves. Real presence the basket and real presence in the changing rooms you know i heard he, he likes to play the tunes and uh, he will be missed well, well as... they don't call him boogie for no reason <laughs> mm, <laughs> I, was, exactly. I wonder if that's why actually didn't didn't put that two and two together there but uh they also miss, they also missed brandon anderson this game i don't know if he's coming Brandy back andy yeah two big two big losses um and he was missing defoe but i don't think that's as big as a loss because you know defoe doesn't do much he just he shouts from the sideline. But... I, I, I'm inclined to disagree, but carry on. Yeah, but... I would disagree with that as well. But he's just more of a leader. Okay. Okay, so Wolves, much better shooting the last game. Three. They were 7 for 25 last game, and they were 12 for 24 this game. Uh, so that was good. I don't know what the Eagles were. I think they were something similar. Hold on. 12 for 25, I believe. Uh, Pretty, pretty much the same then. Um, Elijah Burns, I think he was back this game. I think he really uh, he's, he's looking like the replacement for uh, Boogie Parks. He's, he's in the paint a lot. And he's just very professional, you know. He's nothing fancy about him. Um, my favourite players. Uh, so I'm just... He's not really flowing well. I just have a bunch of bullet points. Ask me a question about the Wolves. Okay, so um, was this it? So, how did this game sort of progress? Was it one where Newcastle were dominating and the Wolves sort of come behind and steal it at the end, or was it pretty even throughout the whole game? It was pretty even. I mean, if you're just looking at the quarter scores, I mean, the, the biggest leads Newcastle had was six, and the same with the Wolves. The biggest, oh no, no, no. yeah, the biggest lead Wolves had was nine, and that was very brief. It was very back and forth. Uh, yeah, they just Wolves would hit a three, and then Eagles would hit two, and they get fouled as well. So very back and forth. Um, 
someone I have to mention, Lamar Kimball. Without a doubt, the uh, the MVP for this game, twenty seven points. Uh, he's just he's just you know he's impossible to to guard. He um he took the uh, the spotlight on Fletcher and Quarter's Ed with this game. He can shoot the three. He can hit the jump shot. He can drive to the basket. And also, he's fantastic on defense. He, um, he had a tough uh, assignment on Cortez Edwards, but he uh, kept him quiet. How many points did Cortez Edwards get? 13. That's not bad. But yeah, I think not he, bad, get, not bad. he did pretty well at keeping him quiet. So, uh, oh, Kimball definitely uh, carrying the rules for this. And how game. about, how about uh, Jordan good. Williams? Uh, 15 oh, yeah. points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists. Big game from him. How and did, two steals. Play? Or was it yeah, three steals. Thank you for that, Banner. <laughs> um, so was it sort of a was it a particularly impressive performance by Williams or was it one of his trademark sort of get stuff done games where Actually, it kind of goes under the radar a bit? Yeah, one rebound off a triple-double. Something I learned, of, I'll get onto that in a second, but apparently Jordan Williams used to play table tennis. And that's why I'm he's not surprised. Like, that actually, that actually doesn't well, surprise I me. Think, well, I, used, I, used table, I used to play table tennis, but what is this? Is he like I'll a, come on, a GB on. youth? <laughs> yeah, is is he a pro? Banner, you used to play table tennis once a week at table tennis club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, what's the, what's the difference? Is okay. he? Is yeah, he, yeah, I was gonna. Was he getting paid big bucks? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just I assume he was a professional because it's just what the commentators just added. All right, while, yeah. while you talk about the rest of the game, I'm going to uh, have a little bit of a research into this. Look that up. Yeah, because he's got great and eye coordination. And I was I was wondering why um, he's got, yeah, he hold on. Yeah, he had 11 assists, which is by far the most on the walls. And he's not even like a point guard or anything. He's not pulling any flashy cross court, behind the back passes. I was wondering how he gets so many assists, considering I never noticed them. And I think it's just because. He's just under the basket, and like he'll either he'll either post up or he'll just pass it to like Burns or Arosa's under there. And very very easy assist there, but cannot be underestimated. But um, yeah, Jordan Williams he never he never has like thirty point games, but he, he's consistently getting double doubles and triple doubles. So uh, mm. probably one of all's most important players this season. I would, I would say he arguably is. He's really good turning up. It's most important player. It also seems like a lot of the games where he doesn't have a good game, the Wolves by proxy don't show up really. So I think mm. he's going to be very important to the Wolves' success um, in terms of performing well and also keeping healthy if they're to make any yeah. sort of playoff run. But uh, talk, talk to me about the Eagles. Um, obviously coming mm. up a little bit short here, but uh, who stood out for you? Well... As you can see, Justin Gordon probably went for 15 from the field goal. He for five from three. I was going to say 23 points. You notice he was doing much, but I guess I think we talked about this last time. That's, that's just what he does. Don't notice him, but he gets a lot of points. Uh, as you do notice, is Ramon Fletcher. It seems like he had a bad game, but 18 points is still pretty good. Uh, five that, assists. Dan, that's, sorry, uh, uh, that's not a bad game. <laughs> it may be a bit of an underwhelming game from uh, Ramon Fletcher's uh, stand. Yeah, that's what I, I was think looking it, for. He averages like 19 points a game, I think. But yeah, this is below average. But I just, I just hate Fletcher because <laughs> <laughs> he's just he so. He was washed up. He does seem very cocky. 
Now, I'm sure he's a lovely person, but there was one time Eagles take the ball over the uh, the, the timeline, is that what it's called? And yeah. he just... No. He just, no. He just, it is, isn't what? it? It is. The timeline? Yeah, the halfway yeah. line. Halfway line the is time the timeline. It is also called the timeline. Really? I've never heard yeah, that. If you think about it, it's just when the... Um, it's it's when the shot clock starts going. Right. Educational podcast. Thank you, Daniel. Educational podcast. That's right, Jimmy. Um, yeah, he went over the timeline, and the shot clock was like he passed it to someone, and he got it back. Nothing really happened. And then the shot clock was like on like I don't know like four. And then he was just like he was he was so deep. He was so past the three point line. He's just like, oh, I'm just gonna have a shot, and it just went in. And I hate, I hate him for that. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad. He shot, so he shot the ball, that... and it went in, and I hate it. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't like that. And also, honourable mention to Fluger. We got sorry, Fluger. One for seven for missed five. <laughs> yeah, zero for five. Zero for five from three. And, yeah, they, they were like, you think you are. and they were like open threes as well. Okay, and then moving on, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on these two teams are going to be in the playoffs. That's been uh, locked in. Just want to get your thoughts on their playoff series. So the Wolves taking on the Raiders. Upset potential there, do you think? Obviously, Raiders probably favoured mm. to win that one. Yeah, I think of any of the games in the playoffs, I think that is probably the one. But, um, We'll see, because Raiders are, have been strong this season. I think they're hungry for for some uh, for some championship potential, having lost in the finals of a uh, the trophy. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolves have proved that they are giant killers in this game. So uh, certainly impossible, Not perhaps impossible. more than possible. And, uh, yeah, on possible. the day, how can it? Sorry, how how can it be more than possible? It's a Boolean function. It's... Hold on. Boolean like the uh, like the like the stock, like the gravy. No. <laughs> I have no idea. Never mind. Moving on. Probably about gravy Eagles, Eagles. Okay, okay. Eagles versus sharks. Um do we think the sharks have a chance? Because I would definitely favour the Eagles and I wouldn't give mm. sharks more than I'd say a twenty five percent chance on that one. I think Eagles should be able to take that one relatively comfortably. I'd go up to maybe thirty-five percent. I think, yeah, I think Eagles are, are, are the fairly strong favourites. But uh, you know, those sharks—they got some experience. Yeah, yeah. I put it down to fifteen percent. Oh, no faith, no faith, Dan. No, that doesn't happen. Nah. All right. Well, moving on to our final game. This was on I Watch. Can go through this. Fairly quickly because of time. And this one was a pretty important one, actually, and a pretty fun match to watch. It was the Giants taking on the Flyers. Flyers barely edged this one out, 83-81. to 81. Uh, And the importance of this game was that this was this win for the Flyers uh, locked them into a playoff position and it knocked the Giants out. Fortunately, uh, they will be finishing in either ninth or 10th, depending on the results of their and the Scorchers' last game. Uh, and yeah, so this one was pretty even throughout the whole game. I think it was, you know, biggest leads were only ever sort of, uh, you know, five points. Um, 
players that I really uh, was impressed by. Jordan Whedon having a bit of a bit of a career outing. He's actually if you look at his stats on the season: fourteen point six points per game. Very impressive um, on a team that is uh, unfortunately near the bottom of the leaderboard, uh, especially after how they performed in the cup. Other players that uh, impressed me on the giant side, David Ulf, 11 points, 18 rebounds. Not often you see a player with more rebounds than points, but uh, it happened. And I have been, actually been da- really impressed with David Ulf's performance throughout the season. He's been a player that perhaps doesn't really um, have that much impact on the statistical side, but as a player who can come off the bench and be a real impact player, he's um, excelled in that role. But I think because of some of the players that they've lost, he's now being upgraded into that starting role. And he is also um, having a great showing there. So excited to see what he'll be able to do um, in upcoming seasons, hopefully if he stays with the Giants. For the Flyers, uh, notable performances here. Eric Lockett playing all 40 minutes, had 19 points, 10 rebounds. Thought he played really well. Ben Mockford had some uh, had a pretty quiet game, but two big threes down the stretch. Um to just about take the flies out of the giant reach. Um, and then Daniel Adozi had a pretty solid performance coming off the bench with uh, 11 points and six rebounds. Pretty good performance from him. So, um, yeah, so let's talk. I'm going to quickly wrap up the uh, rest of the games from the weekend and then we can do a, a why would you say that? Mm. Sounds good. Okay, well, uh, get yours ready, guys, uh, while I go okay. through these scores. Yeah. First of all, on Friday, we had the Scorchers taking on the Sharks. Sharks win 86 to 78. Scorchers now uh, in that ninth, tenth position. We'll um, see where they land in the last couple of games of the season. Sharks obviously guaranteed playoff place. Um, we had the Fliders. Flyers. <laughs> we had the Raiders beating the Flyers, ninety-six to seventy-five. Riders beating the Rocks, ninety-three to sixty-seven. Uh, Rocks losing to the Lions, seventy-three to sixty-eight. Pretty close game, closer than I would have imagined. Uh, Raiders narrowly edging out the Sharks, seventy-nine to seventy-six. And finally, you had the Eagles beating the Scorchers, eighty-seven to eighty-two. All right, that is the basketball portion of the podcast done moving on to why would you say that and who would like to go first well i've, I've got something that's been on my mind of late that dan said ah yes dan, do you remember do you remember last week when we were sitting in um in the ritz at the, at the bar with our ah. good friends from the when? wolves reserves list and sometimes who? playing uh sean Parrin rackley Nathan Ramsdale Owen and Daniel Johnson Thompson. And ah, you mentioned you really you really like their double barreled names. And you're thinking of changing your own second name to a double barreled name. Just because of your own personal enjoyment. Uh what what was the name again? I, I struggled to remember what it was. And why why did you choose that name? So so basically I'm I'm ignoring all conventional conventional wisdom with double barrel names that you take or your this your mum and your dad's name put them together. I'm just going to take my current surname and split it in two. You mean you, your your current surname Schwarzenegger? Yeah. So it's going to I'm just going to split it in two and put a hyphen. So it's Schwartz 
in the hyphen. <laughs> I'm not going to say the last. <laughs> Don't worry. This is. This is not how I remembered it, but uh, yeah, okay. It does, it's does sound like something you would say. This is, uh... <laughs> it's really... Yeah, should we move on? Jesus. But, um... yeah, no. <laughs> Daniel Schwartz, dash. <laughs> dash. <laughs> no, that's the double round name, Daniel Schwartz, dash. <laughs> no, because the, the, the dash is the double part, double barrel bit. Just D-A-S-H. Ah. Swartz dash. With dash. All right. Coming All right. Uh, Dan, do you have a... Yeah. Why would you say that? I do. And this is this one is true to a certain extent. Well, it's just... It's what, based on what I Jimmy thought... told us... <laughs> what Jimmy told us earlier. Basically, Jimmy said that the... Who is it? The Cheshire Phoenix commentators are the best in the league... Why would you say that, Jimmy? Um, they're just extremely energetic, you know? I think it's nice when you've got a nice accent, when you've got a bit of rapport with your co-commentator, that adds to it. But what you really need is energy and exciting catchphrases. <laughs> I think we're going to get some. Okay, so give us an example of an exciting catchphrase that these... Uh, commentators employ no but I, I can think of some that maybe they should employ like holy baloney okay okay <laughs> what holy baloney i like that <laughs> possibly wow he just got schmucked wait i'm completely confused is this stuff they said or is this well, this is stuff i think they no, should this, say this is the but you said okay but getting back to the actual the, the point of this very serious segment is that you said that the cheshire phoenix Commentators were the best in the league. Now, why? What led you to that particular conclusion? Just you know, I've got no, no, no analytics, no, uh, no derived, no sort of derivative data that I could produce that would that would put this. This was just not an eye test, but an ear test. And using these two ears of mine, I found immense pleasure from listening to these commentators. And you can't buy it. Okay. You can't buy that uh, unless you pay five pound four ninety nine on the BBL mm. BBL player. I would like to do a special mention to the uh, the oh no <laughs> I don't know who it is I think it's the Plymouth commentator I, I use that as a singular. Oh, I can't remember his name. Ooh. Okay, we, we should. Do I want to I, I want to shout out all the commentators that commentate by themselves because it's very oh, difficult. Yeah. We have been blessed in the BBL with some excellent commentators, and I'm not being sarcastic. I love all of them. Right? The game has really stepped up a level. I think. I think. I think partly it was like they weren't allowed to sort of thrive and uh, show themselves off because of the way they were like the quality of the the streams were and stuff. But um, I think they've got some good some good squad. Yeah, like they're my friends. Feel friendly. I generally, I feel like I know them. I want to meet them. All right. Well, is that all you've got to say about these Cheshire commentators, or is that the end of the episode? Yeah. I okay. Mean, well, I, I guess they, I'll take that as the end of the episode. <laughs> I hope they speak enough for themselves. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Bebashing Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter. 
Don't try any malice. Banner, tell them, tell them not to be honest, please. Uh, I won't be reading any emails. Oh, that's all I can say. Okay, thank you. And uh, uh, we'll see you next time. Due to the series. <laughs>